Pat, it's uh, great to have you here in Cleveland. It's good to be here. Good to be here. It's uh, I really enjoyed lunch. I for I'm a fried chicken connoisseur, and I thought they did a good job here in Cleveland. I didn't expect that. I had the salad, and that was it. So, Pat, you're the uh, founder and general partner of Venture Fifty Three, a, a venture capital firm. Um, let's talk a little bit about the name itself, because there is some relevance to our industry. How did that name come about? So, my other partner, um, general partner, that is Dan White, wherever he is out there, uh, he's the chief of, chief of new revenue streams at Coca Cola, and probably one of the best marketers in North America. I don't want to blow up his head, but uh, very, very good at the marketing side, and he came up with it not even being from the trucking business or transportation. Uh, fit, can anybody guess what the 53 is for? The trailer, 53-foot trailer. It's the longest trailer out there. So it has meaning for the industry, but you guys are a VC fund, early stage, that focuses on transportation-specific uh, investments. Um, you've, you've got, is this your second fund that you guys? Uh, yeah, we're just uh, really in the middle of uh, fund two, getting ready to move to fund three. And how much have you raised so far? So we've raised uh, about $36 million so far and looking to probably raise uh, $100 million in the third fund. So there are thousands of venture capital firms. What, why would a founder want to take capital from Venture 53 over all the other PC firms that are in the industry? Yeah, so I think a lot of uh, founders are looking for capital. And I think today they're starting to look more strategically at that money. And so Venture 53 is a pure play supply chain fund. All of the LPs that are in the fund are names you've probably heard of, the people that I think are kind of shaping the trends of this industry. Um, so for us, it's more, you know, I want the founders to think of us as a source of capital, but more importantly, strategically, because, you know, what we can do is connect the dots. When you look at our network, if I don't know who they're trying to get to, I probably know somebody who does. So we're all about helping them grow from a sales perspective, marketing perspective. You know, we can help with building technology. A lot of our LPs have done it. So it's a real strategic, very narrowly focused. We're, I always say we know a lot about uh, supply chain, uh, but we don't know about anything else. So. And you, I mean, this sort of grew out of one of the largest trucking companies. Yes. A sort of a family office venture that turned into a fund. Yeah, so... Uh, Kind of my day job is corporate vice president of sales at Estes Express Lines. Been there 23 years. I uh, started doing angel investing with uh, Rob Estes. Um, and, you know, over probably started in like 2016, made uh, eight investments over time, uh, had three exits, uh, fourth one go to profitability and start paying dividend checks. The other four are still alive. Um, I wish I'd had the money that Rob Estes had because he always played a little different level than me. Uh, but it's been great and a lot of fun and I think provided a ton of value for these founders. And, uh, you know, we can say that we played a big role in that success. And probably the uh, most exciting thing about it is kind of watching the founders who kind of started different levels, but what, what they end up being and what it means to their family when they exit is, uh, you know, it's really fun for me. It's just I mean, one, one of the firms is Trucker Tools. Right? Yeah, right. I know Prasad has done very well. You guys were an early investor in Prasad's business. He exited. It was a life-changing uh, outcome for him. Uh, I think he's still trying to figure out what that means. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Prasad's a great story. Um, when I met Prasad, he's not here. His wife threw his back out, her back out. And uh, so she's doing fine. 
he'll get me for that one. Uh, <laughs> but when I met Prasad, uh, you know, he, he had a girlfriend in India, fiance in India. Um, he was down to his last dollar and, uh, we set out on this journey. Um, he had this old car. It was probably worth $500. Uh, I think um, he still has that car. I think he just sold it. He's okay. now driving a Porsche. Of course he, uh, <laughs> but, uh, totally life-changing for him. His wife's here now. He's got a ba beautiful baby girl. Um, and the way his life's changed is, uh, yeah, a lot of the reason why I do it, you know, uh, he sold his business for 70 some odd million. Yeah. 90, 90 million. Yeah. So great outcome for was effectively an early stage business a couple of years ago that grew that you guys helped incubate it. A lot of it has been talked about the state of venture capital. Yeah. Uh, we know that this market specifically in logistics and supply chain is struggling right now. A lot of companies are struggling, whether you're big, I'm sure you guys see softer markets at Estes, but also uh, a lot of the companies, the freight tech companies that are here that are venture funded are also seeing just deal flow slow. Yep. But you also have this backdrop of venture capital valuations, particularly for later stage companies, the companies that you guys would grad, your founders would graduate to also struggling. How are you guys thinking and optimizing your investment thesis today? Yep. So our, our thesis really hasn't changed. The market itself, um, you know, you look at the trucking business and you looked at what happened during COVID and how fast it grew and everybody was, you know, super happy, uh, incredible results. Uh, all of that has flipped to, uh, you know, probably worse than what it, you know, you remember two, 2018, all the trucking companies going out of business. You go into COVID, you know, or 2019, uh, you know, so you look at it now and it's, um, you know, it's tough. Like I would say the amount of deals being done are probably down by 70%, something like that. Valuations are, you know, cut more than in half, uh, but it's cyclical. And the, as you know, the freight market's cyclical. Um, so, it, you know, it's, it's going to come back. It'll just take some time, but uh you just have to figure out how to not run out of money right now. And that's the real key. Um, there's two ways to not run out of money and that's raise it or sell more. Is that just a function of just surviving at some point? I mean, these markets, I was in payments for nine years and a friend of mine who had gone through multiple cycles, internet.com days. And he was a sort of an early founder of the mobile revolution that changed payments. And he told me when there was these cycles and the markets would get reset, he's like, at some point, you just have to survive. Yeah. You just have to hang on long enough to wait till the market changes. And if you survive, then you have the opportunity to live another day. Is that the advice you're giving our founders right now? Uh, the advice I would give founders right now is your job is to not run out of money. And that's probably <laughs> the job from day one. Doesn't even matter what market you're in, how good it is, how bad it is, your number one job is to not run out of money. The biggest gap that I see is how hard it is to sell today to people in the supply chain. You're talking about customers. Customers, that, that yeah. are writing checks to these companies. Well, uh, not only the, the corporates that are writing checks, but I'm just saying in general, if you're a founder and you're selling a product into supply chain, it's hard, right? It's, it, to, to give away free products isn't easy. So it's hard. So, you know, in these markets, you have to be good at selling. And so that has to be a core competency. And I think that's what we try to do at Venture 53 is connect those dots. Because so how do you change that outcome for a founder? So if founder started business, 
it's focused in freight or logistics and supply chain. How are you guys going to change the the outcome for them? Yeah. So I, th- I think the big thing is like uh, your buddy, like Jordan Graft with Highway, who I think is doing great right now, one of the companies we've invested in. During the due diligence process with Highway, we put them in front of customers, right? And so while we're vetting them to see if that product's viable, uh, one of the companies, one of the largest brokers in the U.S. signed on with them, in fact, invested in the company themselves. And so just during the vetting process, we're able to put them in front of potentially their largest customers. And our LP network made up of all supply chain people. And I'm telling you, the movers and shakers in this business, Craig, you're one of them. I am. In disclosure, I am. All disclosure. Uh, you know, if if we don't know who you're trying to get to or the, the founder's trying to get to, we probably know someone who does. And so it's about how, if you look at a, if you're a software company selling to shippers, carriers, or 3PLs, the question is, how good are you at selling that product to them? And most of the answers are always like, you know, we're, we're going to hire a VP of sales and we're going to hire some inside sales, you know? Is that a no for you? That if someone can't, if a founder cannot sell, if you can't convince you that they can sell the product? If the founder can't figure out how to sell, and oftentimes the founder is not the salesperson, but they have to become one because they have to raise money. So a lot of times they fail because they're not a salesperson. So that, you mean set, raising money is selling. Uh, but if they, if they don't think through what are all the different distribution models I'm going to use to sell my software, if they're not thinking that way, I have to, uh, question it, you know, I have to think through it and, and help them. And I think that's part of what's made our track record so good is that, you know, sales is what we do. It's what we've been doing forever. And so being able to connect the dots to the right customers is not a problem for us. So Pat, I, I know who some of your LPs are, uh, let Andrew Leto, Jet McCandless, so I'm one. But one of the things that's really interesting about successful founders in this space, the folks that have actually made it, have built sustainable business. Prasad's also an example of this. Yeah. Um, that I've seen, I observe, is that a lot of the founders have been in this industry. Yeah. It is actually quite rare to have a successful founder that's built a successful business that is not either partnered or has has been in the industry or partnered with somebody that has. I mean, it's it's a different industry. You can't just be a technologist and sort of figure it out. Yeah, I would say there are very few product-led successful startups in transportation at all. I mean, I'm not sure I could even name one. Think about Google, think about Facebook, think about all the unicorns people talk about, product-led stuff where you can just sign up, start using the product. This industry is different. You're going to have to go through a sales cycle. <laughs> and so how easy your product is to implement, how quickly it you know works, how quickly ROI happens matters. And so we're looking at that um, every day. You know, we're seeing deals every day and um, they're hard to find. And uh, what stage are you guys are early stage, right? Yep. right? C, C to A? Yeah, I would say early stage up to an A round. We're not afraid of an A round, but uh, it's mostly early. We like to see a little bit of uh, traction. Doesn't have to be much, um, but we kind of stay away from those B, C, D, E rounds. The late stage. Yeah, the late stage stuff. Pat, what is it when you have a founder pitch you? Because, you know, one of the things that I think is really nice about Venture 53 and some other, you know, when I was raising money back in 2017, there were not hardly anybody focused on supply chain. Yeah. That's changed. But I am curious when you're underwriting founders today, beyond their ability to sell, yep. what is the most important thing that that you look for in a founder? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, like I would, I would say 60 to 70% of the decision really is the founder. So, you know, I'd love to see that experience in supply chain. Cause I think you're exactly right. If you understand a lot of the problems that exist today, there's a, I mean, I've been in this business 23 years and I got a lot to learn. So, um, yeah, I like, I like experience. Um, I like brutal honesty. I like the ones that know what they're good at and what they're not good at. I think the best founders, like if I look to, uh, really super successful companies, they're the, the founders that maybe realize they shouldn't be running a company. Uh, and they're smart enough to hire the right people to do it. Andrew's done it. Jet McCandless has done it. Lots of them have done it. Um, so I, you know, those are type of things I look for. Um, I do like product market fit. Uh, I do like them solving a problem that's really worth solving because not every problem that's out there is actually worth solving. But a lot of it's just the gut feel on the founder and we don't have to be as concerned with some of the other due diligence things because, you know, if we see something we really like, sales is probably the toughest challenge they'll have. And that's where we can dive in and help them. And Mustafa's out here uh, is arguably, I think that's Mustafa. If it, the lights are, are tough on me, but I, I can't see anybody. Arguably one of the most passionate founders in the space. Um, you know, it's interesting as I meet founders that are part of it, they're excited to solve these problems. These are, yeah. frankly, for most people, these are boring problems. They sound like boring problems, but you actually have folks that are excited about what's happening. Yeah, yeah. And it strikes me that the successful founders have that. They do. No question about it. Passion is a huge thing. Uh, energy is a huge thing. I think the work ethic is big. I've not met a successful founder that didn't work. And so another piece of advice is if you just stick with it, you'll probably get there. So Pat, let's talk a little bit of exits. We've yep. only got a few seconds. Um, what are your thoughts on sort of the current state of venture and exit? Yep. It's tougher right now for some of these companies. And some of these companies raise really high valuations that are seeing a reset. That's right. Some of them may not get funded. Yeah. What are you, how are you coaching your founders? So again, it goes back to not running out of cash, making sure you have enough runway. Uh, don't try to solve every problem, solve the problems that are worth solving, keep it narrow. Don't go too deep, uh, but make sure you have runway. Um, and like I said before, runway is all about either having enough cash in the bank or the, the ability to make cash. And the only way I know to make it's to sell. So you're either selling or you're raising. And it's that's still selling. What you got to do. You're selling the whole time. So I have, a, I have a lot of founders that ask, hey, raise money. I said, it's self. Yeah, it's, it's just like selling uh, a product. It's just basically networking and just keeping after it. What isn't sales? It's life, right? Well, Pat, really appreciate your time. Yeah, uh, the folks can find you out here. Look for the Venture 53. Yeah. Really appreciate your commitment to the space and uh, the innovations taking place. Just yeah, thank you much. Enjoyed it.